Welcome to The One Guys Show, where we're going to be bringing you nutritional and mindset insights to help you gain nutritional freedom, lose weight faster, build a winner's mindset, all without the stress, guesswork, and sacrifice that you're used to. Now, this podcast specializes in helping women break free from the dieting shackles that society has placed them in and provides them with a clear path to success. So let's dive in. And we're back. Welcome. Mr. Hayden Rolf is back in the house. How are we, sir? I'm good. I'm back in the UK and uh, back in a coffee shop, which I do apologise to all listeners uh, how horrific or not horrific this may be. Um, But yeah, it's some situations that happened that meant I've had to work or find some Wi-Fi in a coffee shop. And now I'm actually, actually, I'm hotspotting from my phone. So hopefully this actually sticks around. Yeah, that's good. Uh, good yeah, well, mate, first it's great to have you back. You have no idea how recording on a podcast on your own is, is quite a partic- particularly peculiar experience. Um, you've got no one to bounce off on, and as much energy and passion and everything that I have, I did find it hard at times. I did find it slightly difficult when... It's more like therapy for you, isn't it? Yeah, it's really weird. It's kind of... Yeah, it, it just was a pretty weird experience. Um, but I'm glad I did it. It was enjoyable. Um, you know, just riffing and going with it. But I'm glad back so that I've actually got some company for once, which is nice. I'm not a bit alone, am I? I feel lonely. Oh, also, speaking of Wi-Fi, so obviously I go away in two weeks, right? And I've got Wi-Fi in this place, but the Wi-Fi is terrible. Um, it's just like proper low-end terrible. Like your 4G will be better. So obviously I'm going to use that hotspot. Now... I need to get a, I need to, I think I need to get like a hotspot or like a, a booster, like a signal booster or a hotspot booster. Do you know what I mean? Like something that's going to be like, yeah, I think I need to get something like that. And I was going to say, do you have any recommendations? Or does anyone listen to his podcast have any recommendations? If you do, message me on Instagram because I'd really appreciate it. Um, I don't know, but I, I know they are quite good now. Like, I think when they first came out, like, I, I got one years and years and years ago with my phone. Um, and I remember using it uh, and it being very, very dodgy. But I think yeah. it was Alan that we spoke to. So I spoke to someone that was saying, like, they're actually really good now. Yeah, I mean, because I was looking at, like, can you get, like, temporary Wi-Fi? Like, as in legit temporary Wi-Fi. That I could just pay, like, a, a, a for a you know a couple of weeks you pay it and uh, that's what you do but I, right. I don't think yeah, it exists it's not a no not a um, I just kind of need a booster just because I want to make sure that it doesn't like it doesn't not work very well that's really bad English it doesn't do you know what I mean does that mean yeah it basically just doesn't work yeah, I, I don't know, mate. Have a have a look. I'm sure in today's society that uh, if they can do self-service checkouts, I'm sure they can do a, a, a some sort of dongle. Actually, saying that, they have Wi-Fi on the plane. Ah, and they're called MiFi's. If if they if they have MiFi on a plane, I'm pretty sure you'll be able to sort some sort of dongle where there is actually yeah. Wi-Fi. It's just terrible. Hmm. I think you're right, sir. Uh, that was the weirdest right. experience, actually. I was speaking to people when I'm like 35,000 feet in the air or whatever it was. It was very, well, very Well, yeah, I mean, 
it's, it's good because there's yeah and I think there's a lot of people that I think do like travel and want to do work or whatever now that it's actually quite handy that you can actually just do everything like normal and have that Wi-Fi access uh, I think it's not that much either I tried to upgrade my flight on the way back um, just like the most ridiculous excuse ever and the I, I said to my girlfriend before I went I was like look I'm going to absolutely shower this person with love like from the first five seconds of being there like a really like strong impression like lighten up her day and then go in for like a subtle kill uh, but yeah mm-hmm. she just literally laughed me off but I was like oh so I came in with like a really over enthusiastic hello and oh, asked nice. her about her day what time she started work um, I mean it was really really hot in the airport in Bali so I was, I was saying like how do you brace the heat and all of that you know charming stuff um, yeah, yeah. and <laughs> she I was like oh so is this is this flight full today and she was like oh well, not not but like, completely full I was like oh like, is, is there upgrades available going and she was like um, it depends on what you're really looking up to grade for and I was like oh well you know, the thing is, like, I said to her, like, I'm sure you've heard of, like, Barley Belly. She's like, oh, so my girlfriend's, like, really, really ill um, today. And, like, I'm just really conscious that, obviously, if she's going to be in a really tight, crowded seat, that, um, you know, it's it's not going to be, it's not going to be that nice for her. And she was like, well, you know, I think she said something like, there's first class that's available, but it starts at, like, X amount of, like, Seven thousand pounds. I was like, okay. Um, <laughs> unfortunately, well, belly seems to be okay. Yeah, and I was, I was like, for like, I get it. If if you're, I actually do understand why people go first class. To be fair, even though like say seven thousand pounds for a, uh, how long was the flight? The flight was eight hours. So seven hour, seven thousand pounds for an eight hour flight. Like some people will be like, that's absolutely ridiculous. Like no way am I spending that. But think if you're a businessman and you've got a really important meeting coming up and like the last thing you want to do is come into the meeting like hot and sweaty like on these first class fights like they literally have showers on them and stuff like this you can actually either prepare your work notes whatever it may be maybe if it's a long enough flight like um eight or nine hours you can actually go and get like a decent amount of sleep wake up fresh and lie down like you can lie down wake up fresh go into this meeting and absolutely crush it so i do see the value in it but myself personally um for a holiday experience unless i won the lottery would not be paying that yeah this is true it's yes I mean, you know, I think you'd want to do it once to experience it, a hundred percent. But I think you've you it'll be like a you know, it'll be a one to two time thing. I have mm. I have been fortunate enough to be upgraded to business before without uh, having to pay for anything. Um, they had uh, overbooked the seat and I was the last person to go into the seat, so there was obviously the row of three. And I went to, it was when I was going to America. So there was a row of three and three people were sitting there and we all like sh- 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 uh, showed our tickets to the um, the air hostess. And she was like, oh, well, come with me. And then she was like, oh, wait there for a second. And she was just talking with people upstairs and there was just like, oh, the only, the actual only free seat is in business class. And I was like, oh, take That's it. interesting, isn't it? I shall take it. Interestingly yeah, enough, not? it wasn't actually a huge amount of difference because it was also Emirates. 
Um, no, it wasn't. It was BA. I can't remember who it was. But it wasn't a huge, huge amount of difference. It was like a bit comfier seats and a little bit more legroom. Like, not compared to actually first class in this particular air flight anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, we digress. So... Yeah, mate. What we are... This this kind of topic has really come around because I feel like, especially in the UK, we're in a, a season of the summer where there's more socialising and there's more things going on. And I'm seeing more and more people kind of, and even people that we're talking to daily that, you know, are considering jumping inside the One Academy, which is our flagship programme, saying now's not, now's not, the, right t- um, not the right time um, because I am... I'm not going to be able to stick to my deficit or anything like that. So this kind of like got me thinking that, you know, we're stuck in this, we're stuck in this kind of like binary thinking of, you know, being on plan and off plan. And there's no in between. There's no continuum thinking of like, okay, well, maybe I'm going to have more calories, but to what extent am I going over my calories and stuff like that? So most people have thought process that when you start a dieting journey right you start any kind of dieting endeavor for however long that program is whether it be a 90-day transformation six months whatever it is you must be in a deficit and you must be attempting to lose weight that whole period of time and this really isn't true like this is where you get into that binary thinking of being either on plan or off plan but it doesn't need to be like that because the truth of the matter is is we all go through, every single one of us in life, unless you are literally a hermit and don't do anything, go through seasons in life of spells where inevitably your calories are gonna be higher. Inevitably, you know, you're gonna have more stress, which is gonna uh, create um, higher cravings, which is gonna create more emotions. Do you wanna eat more? Basically, there's gonna be times in life where you're actually always going to be eating more food. But for whatever reason, like society has, Satiety, society has um, has told us that that that's not good enough, and that shouldn't be the case. But really, we're in summer right now, especially in the UK, and it's been really, really, really hot. Now, what typically happens when we get summer and there's some heat? Well, most people like barbecues. They go to beer gardens, and typically these kind of events come with higher calories, and that's absolutely fine. Like, that's absolutely fine because you do not need to every single day be dieting 24-7. And this is almost what I was saying to um, a lady that I spoke to yesterday that was telling me, oh, I can't jump in the program right now because I've got, uh, it's summer. And I was like, well, realistically, how many events have you got coming up over summer? And she was like, I have a five-day holiday um, and I've got a couple of events lined up that she knows. Basically, it worked out to be like, let's just say in total, like 10 days. So out of the, the whole of the 90-day program, 10 days, she wouldn't be able to be in a deficit. And I was like, do you not yeah. think, literally for the rest of the 80 days, you're unable to get any results? I'm like, you can get a humongous change in 80 days. Like a, a stupid amount. But it's because we have this binary thinking of being like either on plan or off plan and not the continuum of like, okay, cool. Well, we, we can still go to social events and we can still go over our calories, but that's one given day, that's one given event. So I think we really, really need to change the narrative of how we look at dieting and stop it, stop thinking it as this thing, it's like all or nothing. It doesn't need to be like that. 
Yeah, yeah. And I think it holds us so many times back from actually ever achieving our goals. And it's probably one of the main reasons that often people kind of fail is that you basically end up like you only think that you can diet when you've just got this free run, this free track. And I said, the easiest way to think about it is like, imagine if you go on a holiday, right? And imagine you're like, okay, cool. And everyone knows, right? Satnav says, you know, Satnav maybe says, it's going to take you three hours to get to your destination. Well, we know that anything can happen and we might, that might take longer. We might have a good journey. It might take shorter. And there's no difference to weight loss. It's like, you don't have a three hour journey, right? It's gone holiday. And because maybe there was a car crash on the M25, for example, in England or on a main road, right? And you're then going to get there in three and a half hours. You don't, as soon as you hit that traffic, be like, oh, no, it's not going to take us three hours. Now I'm going to go back home. And the trip's not going to happen. But that's literally what you're doing with your weight loss. The moment that anything happens, you are literally just being like, no, oh, well, there's no point now because it's, it's, it's not going to go how I expected it to go. So I'm just not going to bother at all. And it's like, there's going to be so many times when it's just not going to be at the top of your priority to lose weight as much as you want to. And that's okay. It's like Christmas. Like, good luck trying to lose weight over Christmas. Like, we have so many social events. You have so many things. Like, there are ways of doing it. But for the most of us, it's like, you know what? I'm probably just not going to try and diet for the three, four weeks over Christmas. I'm just going to come back to it after Christmas because what the hell's the point in causing stress and aggro to try and just lose weight? Because when you get to the end goal, you're not going to care that it took you four weeks. What you would care about is how boring was Christmas when I didn't have a proper Christmas dinner and I was just going to have my shake or I just had my like really healthy like chicken salad or some crap like that. And it's like, you're going to regret it. You're literally going to regret it. I, so, slight tangent, but one year at Christmas, like back in, I'd probably say maybe it was 2013, I'm trying to think, 2013, 2014 maybe, when I was like, I was completely neurotic about exercise and nutrition and everything. And I got really, really like obsessed and over the top. And I was that person that was like, you know, I'm cutting carbohydrates. I'm, um, I'm not drinking. I'm not doing anything. I tried to completely cut everything out, and it was around the Christmas period. And I, um, I was at Christmas dinner, and I remember saying to my mum, like, all I'm going to have is just the turkey and vegetables. So I was just having the turkey and vegetables. I didn't want any gravy. Oh, imagine that. I didn't want any no gravy. gravy. Mate, it was horrific. And so, like, in Good my family Lord. as well, like, we have, like, this, like, a pretty uh, big breakfast where we get, like, uh, pastries out, like, there's bacon sandwiches. Um, and then, obviously, it's kind of shifted a little bit more um, since, obviously, my sister and I've got, like, a little bit older. But now the grandkids are involved. It's gone back to, like, old phase a little bit. But... We, it's basically just a food fest all day, right? How Christmas should be. But I actively was like, right, I'm not getting involved in the pastries. I'm not getting involved in the, um, what's it called? The bacon sandwiches or anything like that. I'm going to have a protein shake. So I had like a hundred calorie protein shake for breakfast all the way up to my lunch. And then I had my uh, lunch, which was just like dry turkey with vegetables. And then it got to about four o'clock and there was just so the environment of what I was in there's so much food around me I like what can probably be described as the only time in life I have ever binged like I was just like screw this I'm going in and like 
because I'd gone the whole day pretty much depriving myself of all of this food, I'd gone in, I reckon I probably had more calories that Christmas than I ever had in my entire life. Just because yeah. I like try to have that that mindset. Whereas like every other Christmas, I'm like, exactly like you said, my whole thought process isn't like, I'm in control of the situation. It's not like I'm losing control and I can't stop myself from eating. I'm actively consciously allowing myself to have these foods, but I, I'm not completely losing control. And I probably, I reckon, easily have, always have less calories having that mindset than I do when I try to diet in that environment. Yeah, yeah. And we brief, we briefly spoke about this before we started. And it's like a lot of it comes down to your identity as well. Because like, but not only do we assume that we're going to have this perfect journey, right? And we've spoken about this multiple times. You're not. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to do, you're going to kind of like mess up per se in your own head. It's fine. Like you're going to go over your calories. You're going to not eat your protein. You're going to skip the gym. That shit happens. Don't worry about it. It's like what you've got to realize also is managing your expectations is that there's sometimes when dieting just isn't going to be appropriate. You know, it's your weekend on the Friday and you've got weekend of festivities. Well, let's be honest, those two weeks either side, they're probably going to be minimal fat loss. Does that matter? No, of course it doesn't. You're not going to care. You're going to be glad that you had a good time and that actually you can now just continue in a normal routine and just get back to losing weight as you were before you had your, your birthday weekend. Like, this is what normal life is. People think that they have to completely basically like scrub out the diary and it's like, oh, you, you know, you want to come for, for dinner at the weekend? It's like, oh, nah, diet, man. I've got to clear the diary for eight weeks. No, who wants to do that? No one. You're just instantly causing friction and there's that's why there's no longevity. But also what you've got to think is what identity are you giving yourself? And, and just, as I said, then we speak we spoke about that briefly beforehand and what we mean by that is like a lot of the time you tell yourself the narrative right and you create this identity like i'm an emotional eater i'm a binge eater i'm someone who always quits my diet i always lose motivation and it's like no these are just the things that are stopping you you're not an emotional eater you're someone that occasionally eats in relation to emotions you're not a binge eater yeah, binge eat also, this is one thing I absolutely hate. If you call yourself a binge eater and you don't actually have binge eat, a binge eating is a binge eating disorder, right? It's something that's medically and clinically diagnosed to you. If you just overconsume some of your calories, that is all you're doing. You're not binge eating, okay? And, and I think that also is one thing that I want to add there is remove that that word so many people are oh yeah and then i just go on a big binge and it's like you know what actually just remove that word binge because it has a lot of power and it gives you some identity of someone that always over consumes and therefore if you have that identity it's like you have that right to do that whereas i'm like if you just remove that word it's like you're not a binge eater you're someone that occasionally goes over their calories you're not an emotional eater you're someone that occasionally just feels an emotion and eats in line with it you're not someone that loses motivation you're not someone who gets demotivated you're just someone that often finds that you struggle to keep motivation long term and it's like as soon as you don't label yourself with something that instantly takes the pressure off but it also doesn't give you like people use it as an out so it's like oh I'm an emotional eater that's why I always fail dieting it's like no you just experience emotions like everyone does you just don't have a capable system in place to actually manage your emotions and not use food that's all it is and it's like and that instantly gives it an open ended statement to be like, but you can solve that. Whereas if you give yourself an identity of like, I'm an emotional eater, I'm a binge eater, I, I, um, I, I, I lack discipline, I'm someone who's, I'm undisciplined. It's like you're labeling yourself with these labels and therefore it's like an ended statement. Whereas if you can open it up, it's like that way it allows you to actually be able to change that, right? Your identity is just a process of your actions. So if you can change your actions, because if you're an emotional eater, well, as soon as you're going to get emotion, emotional, your instant thought is to go to food, right? Because that's just your identity and your actions, therefore, 
are in line with that. You just go and grab food as soon as you feel any sort of emotions. Whereas if you can just say, oh, when I, when I have... When I feel emotions, I express it through eating food. Okay, cool. Well, that can change it because not only now are you just like, okay, well, I experience emotions. How can I express it without food? Because if you say that, oh, no, this is just me. That's who I am. Then you will continue to do that because you feel like it's just who you are, right? It's like I'm blonde hair. Well, the only way that you get around that is by maybe dying your hair. It's like, does that make sense? Am I making sense? Am I totally gone off? Yeah, I think yeah, that example was, it was crap. Yeah. But, no, I 100% agree with you, but also to like add on to that, like I feel going back to that identity thing of people labeling saying like I'm an emotional eater and it's then being like, okay, well my actions from emotional eating is then turning to food. There isn't, uh, there isn't actually anything inherently wrong with that. Like who, no, it's in, normal. like who in the world doesn't have emotion towards food? Like yeah. everyone has emotions towards, towards food, whether it be an event whether it be like we said, uh, some sort of like uh, physical emotion that you're having towards something or someone, like it's so, so normal. What's not normal is if it, you can't control it. And if all of a sudden you can't control this emotion that you have and then the food takes over you rather than you controlling the food, but that then is technically called binge eating because you yeah. have no control over that and, and awareness that you're even consuming um, these foods but that's like Ryan said that's a whole nother ball game like that's 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 something very very different and the majority of us in, I would probably go as far as like far as say like 95% of us like do not have that so yeah. it's like you said it's just that identity that we're pulling on ourselves but actually turning that around and saying do you know what like it's okay for me to have an emotion to food you can still have an emotion to food and still consume it and still be very much on track with your calories like it's yeah and that's it it's it, it's normalizing stuff as well it's like you 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 say that i'm an emotional eater or i'm a binge eater or i'm undisciplined you're literally basically giving yourself permission to act like that whereas it's like right we need to change your actions you need to give yourself a new identity the first thing you need to do is un, un, is open up those ended sentences you're just someone who occasionally eats emotionally. It's normal. You're occasionally someone who goes over their calories because you get excited by high palatable food. It's bloody normal too. We all do it at Christmas. And you're someone that's undisciplined. Well, you're not. You're just someone who sometimes lacks motivation because you're doing demotivating things. So what we need to do is do things that are actually going to help you stay motivated and therefore not need to do discipline. There's always an answer to every single problem. By labeling yourself with identity, you're almost giving yourself something that's like... It's just... It's not... I'm going to say this and I might get some backlash, but it ultimately then just becomes an excuse, right? It's not necessarily you're putting it as an excuse, but by placing that identity upon yourself, it's the excuse as to why you can't succeed. It's like many women who are out there with PCOS, right? A lot of people are like, oh, I can't lose weight because I've got PCOS. No, 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 no. That's an identity. I've literally just had a client who's just lost 80 pounds with PCOS and looks incredible. And she's probably the same size she used to be when she was 20 years younger, right? She feels good. She's happy. Her doctor's ecstatic and she's got great bloods. That is her PCOS was never stopping her directly losing weight because it wasn't her identity. She was just a normal woman that just had PCOS. So there was a few things that she needed to do in her diet, dietary intake to help manage that. Yeah, but it's like we we too often place these identities on ourselves, and that's just what we're like. Oh well, I'm stuck. I've got PCOS. I've got PCOS. I can't lose weight. It's like, well, no, you can. You've got PCOS. You can lose weight like anybody else. This is just the story and the narrative that you're telling yourself, which is holding you back every single time. And I think too often we place this kind of uh this these these things on us that are like that we we're, we're special and that's why we can't do it we're not like normal human beings 
every single thing is normal. Like you're the only like real thing that could potentially cause you not to lose weight. Like, like there's nothing that will ever not make you lose weight in a calorie deficit, right? There's are there certain things like lipidemia where you won't be able to lose weight from certain areas due to this condition, right? But for every one of you out there, you can lose weight in a calorie deficit, even with lipidemia. You lose body fat from the other areas. It's just that you won't ever lose it from like your lower extremities, for example. But it's like, you need to understand that like, you're not broken. You're not in this special crowd that you can't ever lose weight. Every single person on this planet can. It's just that sometimes our struggles to find the right approach for us need to be different. But that goes for everything in life. The way that we learn is different. The way that we write is different. Right-handed, left-handed, how you write, whether you cross your T's, how you dot your I's. Everything in life is different. It needs to be individualized, right? Weight loss is no, no, no different. There is no camp or no thing that you are facing right now that is directly causing you to not lose weight. You can, you need to create a def- calorie deficit. There are just things in your life, whether it's physiologically or psychologically or environmentally or socially that you need to address to help you create the best approach for you. We all overconsume occasionally, right? We all smash the dominoes and smash and Ben and Jerry's. I do. I know some of you listen to it probably do as well. And people think, and I think this is also maybe something down to personal trainers, a little bit of a tangent here, but people like to put personal trainers or they're put on these pedestals of like, oh yeah, but you know, they don't do with this. They don't have that. They don't socialize. They don't eat anything but chicken and rice. It's like they do. Personal trainers eat emotionally. They're happy they'll have cake at a birthday. They're sad they'll nail some ice cream because maybe their girlfriend or their boyfriend dumped them. It's like we're all normal human beings. We all lack motivation at times. We all emotionally eat we all struggle to do things and it's like don't label yourself with this as if something that it's like you're struggling with and therefore that's why you can't make these changes every single person this podcast can lose weight like it's literally a scientific fact none of these things directly stop you it's indirectly and a lot of the time which is what we're saying is that it can often be the story the identity and the actions that you are taking that are stopping you so you need to shift your identity and change your actions to in line with the identity of someone who, you know what, I, sh- I have PCOS, but I can lose weight. I just maybe need to have less calories, need to focus on my protein, I need to make sure that I focus on satiating foods, because that's going to help me in regards to the PCOS, but I can still lose weight. And therefore, it then alleviates you, doesn't it? Like, it it, it brings this, like, you know, you're carrying around a fucking back... Language, sorry. You're carrying around a rucksack... I get passionate. Carrying around a rucksack with, like, PCOS slabs on the back. Like, yeah, I can't lose weight because this is me. And I get it. Like, and a lot of, you know, we always like to have as human beings an answer to every single problem, right? A lot of the time we don't like not knowing why something happened. So it's easy to just be like, well, I can't lose weight because I'm an emotional eater. I can't lose weight because I'm PCOS because it ultimately just draws a line and it gives us an answer. As human beings, we hate things that aren't, don't have an answer or a reason, right? And we don't often want to have the reason on us. So if we can pass the blame to something else, cool. But actually, everyone listening to this, it it might not be your fault because these things might have a negative impact on why you've gained weight, but it's your responsibility to take action and make that change. Yeah. Thanks for coming to talk. (laughs) And it's like, exactly like you said, like these things like um, going through the menopause, endometriosis, like PCOS, like yes, there are certain aspects to it that make it potentially harder but not impossible. And that's the yeah. that's that's the main thing there. Like it's like you said, it's finding the approach that works for you. Um, and yes, maybe you feel like you've got dealt uh, a bad card. Bad hand. But 
you can still you can still overcome that 100 percent just like ryan's client um prime example like prime prime example and there was nothing different about her um, than any other woman with PCOS and stuff like she goes through the exact same straight changes she had exact like I'm not going to say exact same metabolic adaptation and stuff but like you know face the same issues that everyone else with PCOS does it's how she then dealt with them that helped her get to where yeah. she is now like she understands as well doesn't she like there's she she can't necessarily someone at her body weight another woman like and this goes for anyone across the world actually like to be fair but like she understands that like with PCOS like her calories may need to be lower she understands that she may need to put more effort into certain supplementations than some someone else would necessarily need to she knows that she maybe need to consume more protein than someone else does but she doesn't use those as objections to stopping her from getting her a goal they're just small obstacles yeah and that, that, yeah, and that's literally what it comes down to. It's seeing them as obstacles rather than seeing them as reasons as to why it doesn't work. It's like, no, these are just reasons as to why it might be a little bit harder. That's all. They're, they're not things that should stop you. And I think we need to stop telling ourselves the narrative is like, yeah, we can't do it because of this. It's like, no, no, no. That's just the story and the narrative that you're telling yourself. You can. You can do this. You just need to find the right approach for you. And that's why it's so important to not just go by these like generalized diets because again this is the whole thing about the problem and the cause it's like they just address the problem it's an overconsumption calories they don't look at the cause well the cause of why you are currently struggling to lose weight could be because you are eating to your emotions too often you are maybe finding that you are over consuming on your calories too often maybe you have pcos and therefore you need less calories than your normal woman at your weight etc and credentials but all these things do is that rather than explaining that or giving you an answer to the reason as to why you're struggling, it's just like, well, if we just get Sally just to consume 500 calories a day via shake, she's going to lose weight and she's going to be happy. And on the surface level, she is right because she thinks, oh my God, I've spent years trying to lose weight and I always think with PCOS couldn't do it. But now I've got a 500 calorie shake and I'm crushing it. What happens afterwards? Because Sally now has this association she has correlation rather than causation right there's just a correlation that she ate 500 calories and that she lost weight and she thinks that's that's the key to her pcos struggles whereas it's like that wasn't the cause the cause was just that she was over consuming it was the pcos but she didn't need to do something like that i think that makes sense yeah like everything you're saying is so so relevant as well and is uh like such an important topic uh we've we've definitely uh veered off a little bit (laughs) But the point yeah, being, man. The, po- the point being is um, like stop feeling like like from the original bit that we were talking about is like don't don't feel like you need to diet twenty four seven because it isn't reality for anyone in the world. Like it never happens. Yeah. Like just because you start any kind of program or anything like that, you do not need to be in a deficit every single day. It doesn't need to be like that because you are going to have uh, social occasions and it like. Ryan is the best person at uh, speaking about this analogy, but it's like thinking of it as like a dial. It's like when these social occasions pop up, you are just turning the dial down. You're not turning it off necessarily, you're just turning it down and your social dial is getting turned up. And like, I think as soon as you can start to look at the concept like that and it, it merges perfectly with your calories, the dial being turned down, being the calories uh, slightly raised, um, 
that's fine. Like, it's absolutely fine. And I think when you start to actually think of it like that, where you still have control, that it's, it's such a huge difference between you not having any kind of uh, control or understanding to what you're consuming anyway. And this is what I was saying to one of my clients the other day. I was like, she was a little bit upset when she came back from holiday and she saw like the scales go up a couple of pounds. And when I, I, I said to her, I was like, you know, it was inevitable. Like if you were going on holiday, you're having more uh, calorie dense foods, you're having more carbohydrates. Like of course the scale was gonna go up. But I was like, how, what did your holiday look like for you? I was like, what, what habits did you manage to keep in place? She was like, oh, well, I still went and did my 10K steps every single morning. I still uh, was really protein seeking through every single meal. And I'm like, you didn't even like calorie track, but can you see how many of these habits that you have done now that are gonna only serve you better? And yeah, maybe you weren't in the most optimal deficit ever. Maybe you were even at maintenance, but that's okay because you still incorporated all of these new healthy habits into your life that is only gonna move you closer and closer to your goal rather than further away. Because I said, imagine what you do normally when you're on holiday. She was like, oh God, yeah. She was like, oh, I literally, the classic Brit, get my son uh, sunbed, um, get my towel on the sunbed first thing in the morning so no one else steals it, go to the breakfast and just consume as much as possible, really. Yeah. I was like, see, like, like it's completely different. And I was like, even if you weren't necessarily in the deficit over that holiday, like all of those micro changes that you've made stacked up across the year are going to make a profound difference to your results. Even if you aren't in a deficit every single day. Yeah. Um, and that, I yeah. Really... <clears throat> Sorry, go on. Oh, no, 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 you go. I was literally just going to say, and, and that's all I really wanted to bring around the awareness for this for this podcast is because I, I do feel like um, the word dieting people's I typically I like asking this question to people I always say when I say the word dieting what's the first words that come into your head I don't think I've ever had someone that has never said restriction like, I don't think yeah. anyone has has ever not said restriction to me and it's like I think it's like fun <laughs> Exciting, aesthetic, <laughs> fun, enjoyable, exciting. Yeah, excellent day. <laughs> but um, it doesn't need to be like that. So if you can kind of like actually understand, I think you you get a much better dieting experience, right? Like, how much more enjoyable is it when it's like actually, do you know what? These guys have told me that I don't need to be in my deficit twenty four seven, and if I go over my calories at the weekend because there's more social events, that's fine. Yes, of course it is. I mean, there's still some slight equations that need to be put into play there to make sure that, you know, your calories at the end of the week. But more to the point, like, you do not need to deficit every single day. You do not need to diet every single day. You don't need to deficit every day. <laughs> still kind of works. Yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. So yeah, that's, that's all my real uh, two pence on that. I don't know Inside. if you had anything good. Nah, man. Nah, I think it's good. Coming up to the 35 minute mark, you know, not not too long, but enough information. Sweet. Well, I'm going to wrap uh, it up. I'm yeah, I'm going to have to wrap this party up and uh, look forward to having another episode. It's good to be back. It's yeah, good man, to, good to have you back. Good to not be a Lone Ranger. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to have to listen to some of your episodes and see how awkward you sound. Ah, oh, sure, man. I did it. Crushed it. Cruised it. Easy. No problem. You know me. I could have talked for probably four hours. Right, team. Well, there you go. So now a little bit of an insight into kind of like 
a bit about you know the the narrative that you're telling yourself a bit about identity a bit about understanding that you don't need to be perfect you're gonna mess up but also take your foot off the gas you can't keep your foot to the floor otherwise you're just eventually gonna burn out because as soon as you try and go around a little tight corner social event comes up you're just gonna flip it roll and go off track but if you just kind of learn to take your cast foot off the gas go around the corner a little bit slower understand that you don't always need to lose weight you can ultimately be more successful long term check that out for analogy yeah there you go boom right team well i'm actually gonna go have some lunch now because i'm super starving i've only had 200 calories today so i'm gonna go now some food don't know about you you are a loser <laughs> <laughs> all right team we'll all see right. you in the next episode anyway bye bye